What do you think about when you hear the word culture? Do you think about a different country? Do you think about a, maybe it's a national holiday. Maybe you think of a different language or the way someone dresses. Maybe you think of cuisine and food or maybe you think of a religious kind of context. Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to get into that word today. Hey guys, welcome to the Third Culture Podcast. It is your host, David Martin. I'm excited to be here today because we're going to get into a word that I have found so interesting as I study into it, a word that has meant so much to me over my lifetime, and we're going to dig into this and hopefully get a better understanding of what it means to us today. Uh, Hang tight till the end of this episode because we're going to talk a little bit about why this matters in the first place. We're going to first go through some of the definitions, get a bit of a historic understanding of this word, culture talk a little bit about what it means in our world today. And then, like I said, at the end, we're going to talk about why this matters. So what does culture mean? There are some definitions that break it down into a few basic categories, and there are some definitions that make it very, very broad. And so I tend to go with more of a broad approach to it simply because I think it covers really everything about your life, right? And so everything flows out of your culture to some degree or other. So a broad definition of this is it reflects your beliefs. It's the civil order of a group of people. It's a uh, traditions. It's where traditions come from. It's the societal habits. It's institutions. Uh, Let's see what else here. We've got social behavior. So think of things that are acceptable and not acceptable. It's expectations. It's the ethics of a group of people as well. So it's a broad brush here. And there are some cultural universals. And that's the thing I want to get to next is as we look at uh, different cultures around the world, there are very distinct differences, but there are what are called cultural universals, meaning every culture has some things just like every other culture does. So think of arts, think of music. Every culture has music. Uh, Every culture has forms of celebration. Every culture has Uh, a form of government, right? No matter how different it might be, there is an authority structure there. Every culture has things along the lines of what's considered appropriate, how it raises children. Uh, There's all of these things are universals. And as you notice these things, as I've noticed these universal traits and cultures, it helps you understand. And you begin to realize that despite the big differences that there are, uh, there are also many, many similarities I think a great way to look at culture would be to look at it like we look at an iceberg, if you will. So why do I say that? Well, if you paid attention in school, I've actually never seen an iceberg uh, in person, right? In real life, but you know, you've seen them on TV and uh, different documentaries, all that fun stuff. And just like you would take an ice cube and drop it in a bowl of water, the same thing could be applied to an iceberg. An iceberg has a visible part, a part that's above the water surface, and a part that's below the surface. And interestingly enough, uh, due to physics, we have ice has a uh, lighter density, I guess, than water does, and so it's going to float. And the same thing could be said about culture. You have a visible part of it that you see upon first contact, upon upon initial contact, this is what you notice, this is what stands out, whatever that may be. So maybe it's someone's language, maybe it's their mannerism, maybe it's the way they dress, Maybe it's their cultural belief, or maybe it's their religious belief, depending on what context you're in. That may be the first thing you see about them. Uh, It could be anything that's visible uh, from an external standpoint. Uh, But interestingly enough, culture, 
the majority of culture is actually below the surface. It is the intangible part of it that you don't get to see unless you're within it, unless you take it upon yourself to internalize it and grow in that. And I think that's what third culture kids have done is we've lived submerged. We've lived immersed in maybe a few different cultures. And so we're used to a flipping around, right? To going from one and coming out of it and going into another. And so we don't often really think about it. It's a very obvious part of what we need to do as part of our lifestyle, but it's also second nature to it. And we might not always uh, think about it very consciously. So there's this visible part and this invisible part. There's a tang- It's tangible and it's intangible. And, and I say this, uh, this is just my opinion, but I think maybe the most important parts of culture, maybe the most important parts of understanding a culture are the intangible parts. It's, it's what's not visible. And it is frustrating when people judge a culture, if you will, or they assess it and they draw conclusions based just upon that initial contact. And, and we've all done that, right? We, we've all created stereotypes. Uh, we've all had these presuppositions and it would do as well to reconsider those presuppositions and to just even be made aware that we have those presuppositions and they aren't all necessarily bad, but what we need to look at is what is informing those thoughts, what is informing those presuppositions and digging around a little bit and figuring out if they're worthwhile holding or if we need to change. So that's an interesting part about culture. We have visible and the invisible part of it, and it encompasses so much of our entire life. So let's take a little bit of a world tour here, shall we? There's a book called The World of Three Cultures by Miguel Basanez, uh, Honor, Achievement, and Joy Cultures, and that's how he breaks this down. And what it is is I, I believe he calls them meta hubs or sort of these meta cultures, right? And it's a matrix. This is one matrix of of how to interpret all of the different cultures in the world. These what's called meta groups, right? So it's your large groups. Uh, we have subcultures and then you have, you go up, that's very granular view up into what comprises, what kind of cultures comprise particular regions of the world, right? So you have your subgroups all the way up to your meta groups. And I'm not going to get into the book itself. I think it's an excellent read. Um, And it's just one way of interpreting all of the different cultures. It's one way of kind of sorting through uh, the different regions of the world. And there are different ways to sort through this, right? So you have uh, what some people discuss as warm and cold cultures. Uh, You can break some cultures down through that lens, right? So some warm cultures have some things in common and cold cultures have other things in common. And and that actually refers to temperature in terms of where they are in relation to the equator, right? So that's something that I was made aware of years ago. And it's a very interesting concept. And I, I think it does bear out to some degree. Uh, there are uh, religious ways of, of looking at cultures. So you have, you have Western, maybe it's Christian, you have a Muslim, you've got animistic, you have all of these different ways to look at culture. But the world of three cultures, breaking it down into these three meta groups, so to speak, has been very helpful because it's very, I think it applies very well to our world and the kind of world that we live in today, which is very much of an interconnected global world. All right, so number one, let's go through what an honor culture is. And I'm just going to give very basic definitions for these. This is um, 
not all encompassing or exhaustive by any means, but just to give us an idea of the differences. And I think once you sort of see these definitions and differences, it's really going to make sense in terms of understanding other parts of the world. So number one is an honor culture. Well, what does honor mean? It's, it's, so it's, it's really a system of beliefs and attitudes, right? And norms. So we're talking about culture. So culture encompasses all of these things. And honor culture is one that values a reputation and position very, very highly, right? More than you would maybe if you're from an achievement culture, which is what we're going to get to next, uh, more than an achievement culture would. So things like your position in the family, your position in society, maybe the position that you were born with, the position that someone above you holds, all of those things become very, very important. They become sort of the principal identifiers of your life and of what's available to you in terms of being able to do in life. Uh, the next thing is achievement culture. So achievement culture, I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It, it really puts economic activity and productivity first, right? So it's all about efficiency. It's about the bottom up guy, uh, making it to the top. It's climbing the ladder, no matter who you are. And you see a lot of that, for example, in the United States in the Western world, that's, that's very much a, the driving cultural understanding. And then you have what's called joy culture, which is really a relationally based culture. And the value, it puts a lot of value on relationships and the quality and the enjoyment of those relationships. Uh, time isn't so much a factor in those kinds of cultures. Achievement really isn't as much of a factor as well. Honor does play a part there, but it's certainly not the driving factor behind how a culture operates and how the people interact with each other. So that's just a brief overview of one way to look at all of these cultural groups is grouping them into these three different categories. And the truth is, is cultures mix, right? And what may be true of one culture may be true of another, but just to a lesser degree. But these are some very good pointers when it comes to understanding a little bit about how do I understand another culture? Well, is it is it an achievement culture or what's important to that group of people? What drives them? And so that opens up a huge window into understanding and learning from another culture. And I just wanted to say thank you for those who've left a review on our podcast here on Spotify or wherever you listen. Thank you so much for doing that. I certainly look at those reviews. I appreciate them. And please share this with someone that you think would benefit from it. Let's get back into it. All right. So we've taken a little bit of a world tour. I'd like to come back down a little bit. We've looked at it from like a 60,000 foot perspective. Let's bring it down a little further. So let's again recap the definition of culture. Remember, it is a it's an umbrella term which reflects the social behavior of a group. It's the institutions. It is the habits and the traditions and the beliefs of that culture and how they operate, these individuals operate and get along within this group, right? So we also talked about a useful format for understanding the different cultures throughout the world. And we talked about the world of three cultures, the book by Miguel Basanez, but also at the matrix or the perspective of using the three culture model, meaning the honor cultures, achievement cultures, and joy cultures. And I believe this is a good format to use. It's certainly not the only one, but it's a very helpful tool in understanding. And I think as third culture kids, we're very much aware of this uh, because one day you wake up and you're in a different culture. And in, like, for example, in my home, we 
lived in a different culture than my than my dad, but my mom was uh, from the culture that we moved back into. So we were a second culture, a biracial family. But learning another culture was just part of the way we did things. And so I just want to break this down into maybe what we could call sort of concentric circles here. So this is just one way of doing it. So at the core, think of this as uh, multiple circles, ripples, or maybe an onion, if you will. And these are all connected, right? So you can't have one without the other. So at the core, you're born into a family and your parents and your immediate family are responsible for inculcating the cultural norms around you, the things that they consider. So it's their knowledge. It's the traditions that they bring. It's their beliefs. Uh, it's, it's their habits. They tell you what's appropriate and what's not. So here in the United States, right, or in the southern United States, part of the culture is honor-driven. So kids are learned to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, no, sir, yes, sir, those kinds of things. And the parents teach them that. And so that's part of cultural transfer right there. So you have that. Uh, you have community, which is the larger community. So maybe it's the group of friends. It's close family friends. Maybe it's extended family as well. Maybe it's a church, those kinds of things that you might have a closer relationship with. Uh, maybe it's other third culture kids as well. So you're learning cultural norms from them. And then you also have education. So that's another layer. And that's a very important layer because education is not only is it critical to how we are raised and, and how we look at the world, but the kind of education that we receive is really, really different. It really, really matters depending on who it is, right? So, for example, in most of Latin America, math is taught differently than it's taught in North America. So education is really important because education, the curriculum that you uh, use, that's used maybe to teach kids, maybe that you learned with and under, is informed by that culture's understanding of what's important, of how things should be taught, and what should be taught, and when it should be taught, and all of those different factors. Education brings all of that. So uh, some cultures and some countries, for example, think that history is really important, so they're going to focus on that, right? For example, you take a place like Japan. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Japan. I've met people who've been there, who've lived there. And I, don't, I can't speak to their culture, but I do know this, is that they have a very uh, strong academic influence in their, in their educational system. Very smart people. You could say the same about a, a lot of maybe the larger influential Asian countries. Uh, other countries, for example, European countries may have a more of a focus on intellectual education. You have that academic side of it as well. And so... There you can just see the vast differences in how culture approaches these things. Um, you have peers as well. So moving on, you have uh, maybe it's your extended uh, family. Uh, further out, you have friends, people you hang out with uh, that are maybe closer to you. And those inform your habits as well. Um, and as third culture kids, we're often sent out from not us, but our, our parents are sent out to other countries. Maybe it's through an organization. Maybe it's the military or some government agency, something like that. And so those uh, agencies uh, can have a very, very important impact on how we interpret culture, our relationship to them, right? So how do we look at authority? Do, do they involve themselves significantly in the culture that you live in? Or are they far away? Are they sort of abstractly inputting into your life, right? Into your family's life and um, 
Last but not least, you have caregivers, right? So my parents, we were uh, self-supporting missionaries and they had to work. We had to work uh, to, to provide for our family. And I say we, as in them later on, obviously I became more involved in that, but as a, as a, just a kid, uh, they were very much on their own having to provide for their family. And so we had uh, people who would come down, friends, family, and even just other volunteers who wanted to help in the particular mission that we were doing. And they were looking for ways to serve uh, the missionaries. And so I remember being schooled by uh, multiple teachers, sort of like tutors, uh, but they would come in and they would teach us because, you know, my mom's major was was not English. Uh, she was not comfortable teaching it and those concepts. And my dad was also quite busy taking care of the family, involved in mission work and those kinds of things. And so their time and attention was largely focused on that. And while we were a cohesive family and very involved with each other, the educational side was a, a, a part that someone else needed to come in and help them with, assist them with. And so caregivers, if you want to put it that way, also play a very important part in developing culture and sharing and teaching culture and transferring culture because they come from their own culture and maybe they come from an entirely different culture than your parents came from or that you're in right so your host culture maybe they're coming from a different part of the world and so what they think is important to teach might be different uh, than what your parents think is important to teach or thought it was important to uh, the way they speak and 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 how you display honor and respect might be different it'll vary quite a bit so again it's just another interesting layer to the onion that is culture and it's absolutely fantastic so we've discussed a working definition of culture we've talked about how to interpret some of these cultures in the world of three cultures we've brought it back to earth and talked a little bit about how we learn culture and how it gets transferred from one generation to the next and i just want to finish this off uh, with with a couple stories. So I was in Lowe's one time, which is a uh, a national big box store here in here in the U.S. And I'm in the checkout line, and I'm just kind of doing my thing. And there was a a gentleman. He was an Indian gentleman, and he was purchasing something. He was going through the checkout line, and one of the uh, assistants there at the checkout line was talking with him. And so I, I just briefly overheard the conversation, and he was uh, bargaining. On this price of uh, on the price of a particular item that he wanted to purchase, and I I kind of got to listen as I was waiting for my transaction to go through, and it was so interesting because here I am the classic third culture kid looking from the outside in into this interaction that's going on. You have two people from vastly different cultures. Uh, they the Indian man wasn't very fluent in English, and the the cash register assistant uh, certainly did not know any kind of I any Indian dialects or anything. I'm not even sure what they speak, right? So please forgive my ignorance. But this was this was very interesting to watch happen. And he's bargaining on this price. And understandable. Here's the interesting thing. There was so many different cultural things going on, what we call uh, encoding and decoding and he was trying to say something he was sending her a message he was trying to tell her and explain something and she was completely uh interpret she was interpreting it in a completely different way and so it made me think about it. I, I walked out they got it figured out and i think he purchased this thing and, and and left right and so i was i was behind him not not long after that but it got me thinking about this whole thing 
is that so in India and and this is I've had some experience uh, selling some things to Indians and this is certainly not a negative because we did this a lot in Latin America as well but there is nothing that cannot be bargained for uh, you're going to negotiate so negotiation is a huge part of honor and joy cultures and it's not so much a part of daily life in an achievement-based cultures because things are what they are and you deal with it and you move on. So this incident just reminded me of how vastly different cultures are and how even the most basic interactions can display the huge differences that you that you have, right? So here in the US, you don't negotiate the price of an item. If it's in the store, that's the price it is. And you look for a discount, you may ask for a discount, but you're not gonna sit there and bargain. Now, you may go to some sort of open-air market or those kinds of things, and maybe then bargaining is considered appropriate, uh, but it's very limited. And so there's a, there's just one example of what's considered appropriate in one culture and what is not in another. And so that's a whole subject in and of itself. Okay, so what are some takeaways for us today? Well, I do want to say this, that culture, our understanding of culture, and even its definition is constantly evolving and changing. So while some things stay the same, uh, other things continue to change. And, and that's the beauty of culture in and of itself. And that's something as a third culture kid you get to experience is things are constantly changing. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my least favorite things on some of these issues. Uh, but just remember that it is constantly evolving. And to not draw maybe these stereotypes that we so often do, uh, check, check those things recognize where these stereotypes are coming from and what's informing these stereotypes and see if they're to be held validly or not. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, why is this important? So we want to answer that question. It's, it's not just information to be had, but it's information that can be used to better our lives. And one of the things that I think is so important is that the very nature of culture itself is that it's not knowledge it's not experience it's not traditions in a vacuum uh, these things happen over time not just over years but over generations over thousands of years culture is constantly evolving and changing and getting transferred to the next generation i'm teaching my children certain things certain customs and traditions and values and worldview and and different beliefs and, and that's what we all do with those coming up uh, behind us. And so it's important because we can take our understanding of culture, we can take the cultures that we've been involved in, whether you're monoculture, you grew up in one culture and didn't really move out of that, or you grew up in multiple cultures, we can take lessons from every one of these places and we can apply them to our lives and we can better the culture that we transfer to the next generation. Every culture has good things, Every culture has bad things, every culture has positive things, and every culture has negative things. So because of this, I think it's important to understand that we're not just recipients and consumers of culture, of the people who came before us. We get to shape the worldview, we get to shape the understanding of the people who are coming after us as well. And, and that's so important because we can teach the good, we can minimize the bad, and hopefully help create cultures and societies that benefit people all around us. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Culture Podcast. Give us a review, share this with someone that you know, and we look forward to coming back in the next episode.